Are you from an island? Have you ever thought, what significance does my nation have in the world? Is that thinking part of your identity? We met missionaries Jake and David Gill back in 2016 in Barbados. David is a father of four and resides with his beautiful wife, Caroline, in Barbados. Jake and I have traveled and shared many stages together. What a privilege for the first time to welcome father and son to our podcast, We Talk Story. Good morning. Good morning. No, it's such a joy once again to be back with Luis and as well as David and Jake. So David, when we were in Barbados a couple of years ago, I remember one afternoon we were sort of waiting. Everything was set up. We were waiting for the event to start that night. And you shared a little bit about how your family ended up in uh, in Barbados. And yeah, I think even for our listeners, the Caribbean is like few people know much about it and the history of it thinking if you can share a little bit about your your personal your family history but maybe even the bigger context of how the people the uh, overview basically of how who's the people living in the Caribbean at this stage in Barbados where we are and probably the majority of the Caribbean there's a there's a large certainly in Barbados so the largest percentages of African descent and that would have been as a result of the um, Atlantic slave trade. Um, then, you, you know, there's there's uh, European descent, which I am um, part of. I believe my ancestry is connected to either Scotland or Ireland. And yes, um, you know, we, we have family history documents that take us all the way back to the 1700s. We were still in Barbados, but based on where we were located on the island at the time, we were in an area called, actually called the Scotland District, which is like Rabland, you know. So uh, it, it does appear that my um, ancestors would have come here as indentured labor. And uh, so, and it seems from, from Scotland, you know, you also have you have the Caribbean is really multicultural. You know, you have Indian descent. You have Portuguese. My wife has Portuguese um, connections, mm-hmm. and of course, you would have the. Not although you don't, you know, there are pockets where where there's still um, descendants of the original Amerindians that were that used to be up and down the Caribbean. You know, chain mm-hmm. the island chain coming from South America and whatnot. And that probably has quite an influence on how the relationships is between one another also in the Caribbean region, how that plays out in your region. Um, Also in the bigger context of things that's been happening last year and around the world. Yes, well, you know, that the the answer to that question would vary depending on who you ask. I've come to realize that... um, you know how you can have different um, perceptions of the state of affairs, so to speak. So, you know, in my from my standpoint, I would say that certainly in the Barbados context, between each generation seems to be doing better at integration. You know, um, you know, and I'm speaking predominantly between black and white yeah 
but while while that may be my perception then there are those who don't see it that way you know yeah. and and um you know nowadays there's a lot of talk um you know in it there's a lot of academia discussing mm -hmm. um history and not always with from a perspective of wanting to see unity but mm -hmm. maybe wanting to to see uh, what the, what is considered justice you know which is more <laughs> so it yeah. takes us back around in a circle you know but yeah. um yeah i think certainly i've seen improvements you know it's not usually in the one-on-one relationships it's, it's usually from my opinion it's usually in an academic um realm you know these issues are raised and um, and then depending on how they're dealt with it's not always positive mm. in my opinion louise i know something we were we were um taught and, and reminded when we were in barbados and david you you would know this as well as uh was wasn't barbados the first stop for for the atlantic slave trade like them crossing over and then from barbados that's when they would go to the states. That's when the slaves went to the states, and they kind of went all over. So, like Barbados was like the main was it the main hub of slave trade? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, it was. Apparently, it was quite uh, wow. important mm. colony. Yeah. Of you know of the United Kingdom, the um, historians say, tell us that apparently the form of slavery that existed in Barbados was pretty harsh it was I mean it was all harsh at the end of the day mm -hmm. but um, it, it there was a there was a lot of money involved in other words mm -hmm. Barbados was quite um, was very it was making a lot of money for you know, don't mind it was small Just keeping keep keeping slavery alive was very important to to th those that held power at the time mm -hmm. and um yeah, and then many, you know, there's a big connection between Barbados and the Carolinas in the states. There's hmm. a lot, a lot of the Carolina, a lot of people left Barbados and went to the Carolinas. Wow! And there's a strong connection between those two. Jake, for you growing up, um, how did you experience just maybe the the relationships between different cultures for you as a younger hmm. generation? Yeah, for me, um, I would say in my early school days, um, well, I was put into a private school when I from like the first year, like kindergarten, preschool, to like um, early primary school, and then I was taken out and I went. I got home. I was homeschooled after that, so I was somewhat sheltered from um, like the public schools, but then. When I was 11 years old, I passed the common entrance exam and I went into public school. So then I had my experience and it was, for the most part, very positive. I, I really have no regrets about my primary school days. Um, I, I think, yeah, as my dad was saying, at this point, like, I really think Barbados is very integrated for the most part. It's, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's a very racist society, but obviously that is um, subjective. Mm. Um, but for me, like, no, I had a majority of my friends at school were um, different, different ethnicity, 
So it was very normal for me. You know, I, I got to say, um, even for those that are listening, uh, you probably would have picked it up a little sooner um, when David shared that his background would be Scottish and Irish. But when I went to Barbados and heard uh, these accents, I thought I would be talking to black people. <laughs> but David and, and Jake are white. And I think that's, that's even a whole other thing that people like me, I had no idea. And hmm. I think that's so cool hearing, you know, we're, we're thinking of maybe um, uh, the, that movie Cool Runnings, like the Jamaican bobsled team or whatever, like black yeah. people with the Jamaican accent. But because of this diversity, um, the, that accent is so strong. And so I, I just think that was such a unique but yet awesome thing I, I noticed when I was in Barbados. I was like, oh, my hmm. word. This guy is, and it's such a heavy accent. I love it. <laughs> so just to paint that picture. Yeah, that that reminds me, Caleb, of when I was, um, when I was in England before I got married. You know, I was there for some time, and I had a temporary work visa, mm. and I would speak to someone on the phone <laughs> about coming in. And then when I when I when I came into the employment agency and said, um, this yeah, I came, I spoke to you this morning, I'm David Gill. They're in shock. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, hey, yeah, you're David Gill. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I but that's something that I, I'm proud of, man. Come I, on, I, yeah. I, I'm uh, not this is the thing, you know. I I that's that's I recognize that. We we in in the Caribbean mm. have multi uh, we have multiple stories in terms of where we came from. Come on! But what's a very interesting thing to 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 consider is who are we now? Yeah. Mm. Not mm. who am I, but who are we as Caribbean people? Mm. You know, yeah. and this is where the whole PRCS gets very interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about the PRCS in a little while, but talking mm. about this whole thing about language, it's. It's really for me interesting, even in South Africa with our apartheid heritage and um, Mm. that at this point in time, especially when you talk to younger people, it's really we're getting to a place that we our accents are blending. It's not you cannot Mm. guess anymore, really, who you're talking to on the phone. Mm. And and it's probably a good thing and and part of what you can say in, in the Caribbean that helps you guys to be more unified in a way and uh there's a something it's like you say it's like what who are we now and mm. yeah so mm. i'm just thinking also for you david what has been keys for you to walk this out um uh maybe just the attitude or a mindset that you when you go out when you when you work with people from other cultures and there's maybe a little bit of history or difficulty um what what is some of the things that you uh use to to engage with people from other cultures just to make it smoother to connect with each other and really hear other people i think you know i think at the end of the day treating everyone with respect and dignity yeah regardless of their color class or creed you know Mm. and um that's something i i mean i i I do yeah i and, you know, we may have experiences with negative experiences with someone of a different culture, of a different color, of a different language or whatever, but but not to allow 
the whole generalization thing or the whole prejudice to come in, you know, where it's like, yeah. uh, oh, there are no, you know, where we, we take experiences from some and we put it on all the rest. And, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just try to be, you know, the old, old the, the, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake, so you've been part of our team for a season and mm-hmm. I'm curious how how did you decide to be part of the Island Breeze team? And uh, you've been with us for a, for a, for a season, and now um, your journey is going a bit in a different direction. But what was what was the thing that got you on board with Island Breeze, and mm. what's the things that you're gonna take out of it going forward? <laughs> Island Breeze, it's kind of yeah, kind of random and crazy how that happened. <laughs> but I really regret nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. 2017 well actually 2016 I would say um I was at another youth camp helping staff a youth camp and at that time during that two weeks or whatever it was I felt the Lord was speaking to me on using my music musical talents for him and for something of eternal value and not just to have fun because up until that point that's all I wanted to do with music just have fun which is nothing wrong with that but like I I felt that there was more that the Lord had for me with that. And so then next year in 2017, I did my music BTS. Um, that's a whole story in itself. But basically during that time, I also got a vision from the Lord about um, a performing arts, a multicultural performing arts team um, on now. Per- performing in Europe and like using culture and glorifying God basically through music. And yeah, and that was so 2017. Cool. That's before I even knew anything about Island Breeze or anything like that. And then 2018 comes along and Island Breeze and all of the Impact World teams come to Barbados and they're doing a nationwide campaign. And at that time I'm working, but I still tag along. And as you said, Louise, I was part of the worship um, sometimes. Um, but basically they came and left and... I was praying and praying that whole couple of months about like, Lord, what should I do? Um, what's my next step? Um, and I went, I'm trying to make this really short, but I went to Switzerland for two weeks on an outreach and in that summer. And during that time, I got another vision um, about the same, like pretty much the same kind of thing that I had the, the time before. And I was stressed out because I was like, how do I do this? How do I like move forward with this? What is God saying? What's my next step? And it brought me to the point of tears. Um, and then I got home and I still hadn't, still hadn't heard from the Lord. What was the next thing? But the leader of impact world conveniently came and stayed at our house right after that. And he's he, the first thing he said to me was, I have a proposition for you. Um, why don't you pray about joining Island Breeze? And I was like, what? <laughs> Island Breeze? Like, I don't even know really what they do. Like, isn't that in America? Like, I want to go to the States. I mean, sorry, I want to go to Europe. Um, wow. Anyway, so all I, I was speechless, but all I could do is say, yeah, I'll pray about it. And I prayed about it. And yeah, I felt the Lord saying, yes, this is what you should do next. And um, I got in touch with the leader, Rudy. And he asked me to consider a two-year commitment. So I prayed about that. Felt the Lord was saying yes. And then I, I did. I went. Luis, if I can just jump in quickly, what I got to say about Jake too, and even for every one of our listeners, is it 
this is to me a story of faith because Jake would even tell you, you know, he's no extraordinary man, but simply he had um, a vision or he felt like the Lord showed him a picture years prior and then things just lined up because he was in the right space. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. coolest thing about this is when you are actually just walking in where you're supposed to be walking and not Mm -hmm. trying to make things happen on your own strength. And I had the honor to go and pick Jake up at what, Berlin. I don't know. Oh, let's just yeah, say Berlin. Yeah. It sounds cooler. At the Berlin train station. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I'll take credit where credit's due. I'm just joking. But no, it was awesome. Um, Jake came. Literally, I remember he had like his backpack, had his guitar strapped. And I think, Jake, you brought a specific guitar, one that you had like like yeah. there was like paint you made or whatever. My mom, my mom painted it. Yeah, I'm like this guy has come with some style and swag and <laughs> come on now he really and as a musician, um, I, I'll get more into this later, but he really was the answer to our team's prayer in so many different areas, and so it was just it's, it's been a phenomenal trek. Yeah, so what's your takeaways from being part of Island Breeze and what's the things that you feel like you really want to take forward going into the future for you? Hmm. Um, I think Island Breeze, I've taken away more than I even can express from Island Breeze. I think Island Breeze, yeah, it was really a season of um, growth and I think the Lord preparing me. Um, And yeah, I mean, so much good came from it even, I mean, not just what I did, but I mean, people, so many people got saved on outreach and things. Mm. Um, but I think what will always stick out is just the culture of honor in Island Breeze. Um, and also just, yeah, just seeing God's glory in every culture and understanding better, like um, God's design for culture and how it's not just like a second uh, like a secondary idea it's not just um like oh we come to christ and then it's kingdom culture like forget about your culture it's not important um but just seeing like culture is really in a core part of who we are and who god has created us to be and even our calling i want to go one step back quickly to david i'm just thinking now when when the teams descended on barbados we were quite a few people i think close to a hundred people from different teams from many different nations um and you guys had the opportunity in that moment to to see it from both sides i guess so i'm just curious what were some of the observations and things that you experienced well i tell you that was a really busy time <laughs> I was I was part of um, I was part of the logistics team helping, you know, helping build out, you know, you have the huge, huge a huge amount of work goes on before yeah. you guys come in, <laughs> yes, before the um, missionaries come. But yeah, we, my wife and I, like we we love, we honestly we love people. I like, you know, I put it that way, and and there's nothing more exciting than meeting people from all over the world, different cultures, mm-hmm. different accents, you know. So that was an exciting time for us. Um, and just working together, you know, the unity that that um, you experience in doing something like that together. Yeah. So it was definitely 
a memorable experience to say the least. And how how did the local people experience it? I mean, I I guess you were sort of you were in between the two, and I mean, I think it's quite you, you don't always know what the visitors will do and how you know the culture and what people will respond to on the other side, and what could be things that is maybe not no knows, but because you're a foreigner, you hmm. don't really know how these things work. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious about your position to be in that position and what you observed. As as I mentioned, you know, so much work was done before. So there were so many, so many um, Beijings or Barbadians, depending on mm. which name, which word you want to use, <laughs> um, that were involved in in the preparations for the campaign, and it was it was that was another really positive thing about the the Impact World campaign. It brought people together that wouldn't necessarily be working with each other on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Um, so I met so many awesome people during the campaign. And so I would say the, you know, people really, for the most part, appreciated, uh, you know, remember Barbados is, uh, one of the Barbados's primary sources of revenue is tourism. And what's really interesting about Barbados is that so many people that come here, they go back and they say the, the, what they love most about, yeah, the sea and the sand is great, but it's the people. Yeah. And um, mm. so generally speaking, people from Barbados and, and probably from the Caribbean, but it will vary a little bit more or less to different mm. islands, are very hospitable and love showing you know foreigners their home and showing them around so yeah it was it was positive were there a lot of misunderstandings well in anything that involves so much work and uh, coordinating Hmm. between yeah there would have been some there would have been some issues along the way um Hmm. but i'm not aware of of any major uh, any major issues mm. I mean I anybody I speak to you know following the campaign usually has positive things to say about mm. you know what took place basically all the schools on the island pre- pretty much um, got presentations of the gospel through one or the other uh, performing arts teams and yeah so it was, yeah. It was well received yeah, I only know of one misunderstanding. Um, there was, there were obviously this is the only one I heard, but um, someone that went, one of my good friends, he said that um, it did come. It's one of the the events, um, the shows, the evangelistic shows. One of it, one of them came off a little um, like cheesy or shallow. Like in other words, for him, um, in case you don't know, like Barbados is a very evangelized nation like we've mm. been literally inundated with with yeah. missionaries and church building and like we've been evangelized yeah. it's just um not that we don't still need evangelism yeah. but what i'm saying is i think in some people's eyes um it was maybe too shallow or or not not mm. um churchy enough for them like so that would have wow. turned some people off but at the same time that would have been a completely positive thing for certain people who would be completely mm. turned off by just the mm. normal student type preaching um, mm. 
with the yeah. word. Not not that we didn't use the word and use testimonies and use the gospel, but it's the approach yeah. of Impact World that I think is it was different. Yeah. It's it's such a hard balance, you know, and and we we face that I think all across the world. I mean, Africa is the, one of the most evangelized continent, um, and this and that, uh, the different approaches of people. Um, but Jake, if I could ask you, even being with Island Breeze, because we are a team, as you, Luis, and I know of many different cultures, cultures, um, how was it a Barbadian? a Bayesian coming into a Polynesian dancing team. Now, when we would get together, you know, you know, we're always, food would bring us together and fellowship. But like, you know, there are complications. I mean, we, like I said, you know, we toured in Europe and we had some, you know, there were never yeah. physical fights, but you know, how was that for you? Like, is it what you thought? Because a lot of people who join Island Breeze, sometimes they think they just want the stage. You know, mm-hmm. and we knew that wasn't—I I knew that wasn't your case. But a lot of people, they're like, "Oh wow, the backside is yeesh, There's a lot." <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think for me, just immediately the first night I joined, the culture difference just hit because I was like, mm. I was not getting the jokes. I was, <laughs> I was, I was sitting at the table um, with like an American, a Canadian, <laughs> uh, Australian, a Fijian. I was like. Uh, what, What's what is going on i was not getting the sense of humor at all mm. um but that that was short-lived and i really grew <laughs> to love um the cultures and the fijian what, what was one of the hardest what was one of the hardest things so uh mm. coping or yeah fitting in um i would say well okay island breeze is very charismatic um mm. we place uh, a lot of a lot of emphasis on praising the Lord, which is biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's how we praise the Lord that was different for me. Mm. Um, but it, it was a growing experience, um, having to do a lot of dancing and <laughs> impromptu uh, charismatic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was great. Also, having a roommate from Asia, um, Chinese-American, who was quite uh <laughs> quite <laughs> quite stickler about certain certain things yeah but also yeah. An incredible funny wow. guy so. wow yeah that's <laughs> the joys of the yeah. stories that kind of when yeah. people from different cultures come together and what happens and there's always you can think oh we got it and then the next moment some curveballs come again because <laughs> we don't mm. mis- we don't understand each other yeah, so David, you and your family really have a heart to see change and redemption in the Caribbean region. So what is the things that you're really passionate about going forward? And yeah, what do you see God doing at the moment? And, and even what's he been saying for you guys going forward? The Lord has really put something in my heart that I would say in the last probably year in particular, probably since the George Floyd um, situation in the US and that is unity in the body of Christ um, you know I've seen so much yeah. we see so much division within the body and um, so I, I'm very passionate about unity in the body and passionate about seeing um, you know you could say reconciliation within uh, across cultures within 
you know, between whether it's black and white, you know, where 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 we 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 really work as one. And that's some that was as I mentioned, that's something that was really modeled in um, with the Impact mm. World campaign. You know, people working together, all all colors, shades, classes, creeds, whatever, and so unity is definitely one, and I'm still very um, passionate about the performing arts as a tool to reach, to reach particularly young people, but not only young people. One of the things that was said that, that really stuck with me that I, I heard during the Impact World campaign, and this would have been from the, the lead organizer from the States, he said, when he when it was announced that impact world was coming to the caribbean the a leader of a, a particular denomination i i don't even know which one it doesn't really matter anyhow but the a leader of a particular denomination asked him well why why are you all going to the caribbean and he was kind of thrown back by that question and he said well he said well what do you mean he says well so much has been sown into the Caribbean over the years and so little has come out of it. And he's speaking yeah. on, he's speaking, you know, kingdom wise. Yeah. And man, that really struck me to a core, you know, and um, I love, uh, I love Joel's response. That's he's the leader that, uh, that came down here. And mm. he said, well, first of all, we're going because, you know, we prayed about this and we really sensed the Holy Spirit saying for us to go. The timing is right. And also we, you know, we sense that this is a time where we're going to, we're going to see, um, like, a, a, we're going to see a drawdown, so to speak, on all that's been invested. We're going to see the fruit of the, of the investment. So I'm really yeah. believing that we will see a wave of missionaries from the Caribbean taking the gospel, not only within the Caribbean, but back to Europe. I mean, yeah, Europe needs the gospel. I mean, we all do, you know, but so there's that whole redemptive part there where, where uh, we in the Caribbean uh, being able to take the gospel back to Europe um, and, and Africa as well, in terms of Africa, be, be, and it, you know, more and more becoming a sending nation, as as Caleb said, you know, we're both very evangelized parts of the world, Africa and the Caribbean. And um, so I really get the sense that this is something on God's heart that He wants to, yeah, that, that we're going to see this movement of of people mm -hmm. taking it. But What's, what do you think is the biggest obstacles that you guys will have to overcome? Generally speaking, and I'm just generalizing, obviously, but I, I do think there is an identity issue in among many, many people in the Caribbean and um, where you may feel, oh, well, we're too small or we, you know, we, we don't have enough money or mm. we, we can't, you know, and it really is a faith and identity issue if we know who we are yeah you know in christ and um and we walk in faith 
we we you know he he takes care of all these things and, yeah. yeah so i would say yeah faith identity and then you know we have a very strong religious yeah spirits people think of church in a building you know church is going yeah. to church yeah not we are the church so there's yeah. things like that right yeah i think what you said is good identity and i guess faith for the big things like faith for missions faith for god's provision in that it's a difficult thing because it goes against i guess the reality here but i hate i hate using that word reality because uh, reality can be changed for me the last three years four years like the time i've spent in missions has ruined me for doubting god's provision like I, I can't doubt god's provision i i still have trouble obviously hearing his voice on things and say that exactly. again come on Jim. yeah i have trouble yeah. hearing like what he's gonna what he's saying to me but in terms of hmm. him providing i don't have any doubts with that anymore because i've just seen like crazy provision over the last four years yeah i think something that kind of wraps that a lot of that up too is that something that lauren cunningham said which is we have been spoiled by the ordinary yeah um in the sense that we've had the taste of something and it's not the hype but it is a little glimpse of just heaven and like jake said like dave like you shared like it's it's hard to even think about going back like we can think it but i like it's just it's not even a reality because of what we've been able to see the lord do um and i would want to even say to every one of those listeners out there like it that is it like when you hear something specifically from the lord about what what he wants you to do for your life like and it's from him like it's it's so clear it's him i mean whatever door he opens no man can shut as we know so well and that's exactly as Jake and David just shared. So I love that truth. So David, you mentioned, and I interrupted you about the IPRCS. That is something that's coming up and it's open to whoever, but uh, it's got a bit of a focus on the Caribbean, hey? Jake is, as you know, did um, the, Palenio as the PRC, Principles of Redeeming Cultures, Cultures School. The I is international. Is that right, Jake? I think the I is for the online version. Jake did the, did the full-on course when he was in South Africa and as I sat and listened to Jake and also Ruth um, another Bajan missionary that was in Kansas City you know I was like amazed at what they were sharing and not just amazed but it was just um, resonating with me in so many in so many um, areas because you know there there's some in the Caribbean many in the Caribbean have been taught for example Oh, don't speak broken English. So this accent that you that you um, referred to at the beginning that you know is a beautiful thing. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, many have been taught from early on in school. You know, speak proper English. You know, and it's like hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, mm-hmm. we. It's good to know how to speak proper English, so to speak, so that we can communicate with those who can't understand our local. Um, culture or local dialects, um, but but certainly the our local dialect and just language is is it has a lot of value and mm-hmm. so the PRCS the, the kind of questions that they were praying about and 
and seeking God's answers on who are we as Caribbean people. And, you know, I sat next to a, a black friend of mine and, I, and, I, and we had that discussion. I said, you know, look, look at your skin. You are 100% Bajan. I said, look at my skin. I'm 100% Bajan. Neither of us are any more Bajan than the other. So who are we? How, uh, you know, and I think when we when we can um, really embrace that we have uniqueness. We, I would not be who I am if I did not have my, um, if I did not have the influence of, um, let's say, African or black culture, because if we try to go back to the different, um, you know, from where we came, so to speak, and, and there is influence of um, European culture as well. So it's a, it's a unique blend mm. and worthy of recognition and, and, um, and just honor and recognizing mm. man. Just, you know, seeing the value in the uniqueness of who, who we are. Mm-hmm. I heard from a Hawaiian friend that there's, there's now a Hawaiian pigeon Bible um, for people who, who, who can't really speak proper English. They only really understand the Hawaiian pigeon. Um, so I'm like, yeah, when's the, when's the Bajan Creole version coming out? When's the Solution Creole version coming? You know what I mean? Hawaiian pigeon, to my understanding, is a recognized language now. Um, but a lot of these dialects, even though they're pseudo languages at this point, are still not recognized as anything of value. So in a sense, the IPRCS is going to help unpack what is the gift in the, in the Caribbean to the rest of the world as well. No, I was just saying, I, had, I, I, I want to tell you a short little story that, of something that really God um, spoke to me to do with this whole cultural identity. When we were in, um, on the white Youth of the Mission base in, in um, Missouri, we were in in the impact center one evening and Mark Anderson, who was speaking that night, at one point he said, um, and there were multicultural people in there, people from all over the world. And he said, I want, I w- let's all pray in our, in our cultural language, you know? So he was encouraging everybody to, mm. to just pray in their own cultural language. And I, my heart was heavy with a particular issue at the time. And I was like, well, you know, what is my cultural language? And, and I just said, well, Beijing, my accent. And I tell you, I, I, I prayed out. I just expressed myself to God. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. In my, in, in, in Beijing. Beautiful. I mean, like real, and, and it's not even how I speak. I'm talking about even more thick and heavy. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, I was really, and and it was an amazing experience because I felt like I was able to express to God and I felt a connection with God in that moment that really surprised me. And, um, but I was just pouring it all out there and I've just found I was able to express myself in this mm. um, language that some would call broken <laughs> and, mm. and yeah. that, in such a powerful way. So it, yeah. and then the and then the similar thing happened when I was praying. We w- we would pray together as Caribbean missionaries, 
and this one particular time i felt the lord say pray out loud in beijing and i'm like pray out loud in beijing we generally associate something like that with comedy you know you you would you would you would get the thick mm. beijing language and you would you would treat it as comedy mm. and i'm like lord why would i pray you know but i did it and and it it, it was just it again god has mm. something in in culture that i'm just curious to go deeper with him and mm understand you know and i think that's where the prcs comes in in, in just trying to understand yeah. well what was what is god's purpose and 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 intent with um different cultures i mean we we know god is about unity but does unity mean does unity mean throwing away our cultural aspects and coming under kingdom culture as mm-hmm. some might want to suggest or is unity um bringing the diverse cultures that exist on the face of the earth and bring it yeah they may need redeeming because we mm. may now be using them in a way that glorifies that don't glorify the lord yeah so that whole concept is is very is a very deep and powerful concept which i i think the lord is definitely calling us to go yeah on a journey with him and understanding so the dates for the IPRC is when is that exactly yeah it's the 2nd of august to the 2nd of september um and it's it's not every day it's three days a week for four hours a day so it's a Uh, seminar so the total length is five weeks um three days a week for four hours yes so we will put the link for registration uh in the show notes for this episode so we're getting to the end of our conversation um but before we go jake i also just quickly want to hear from you you are on a mission to learn to speak french can you tell us a little bit yes i yeah, I did my DTS in France actually in 2017, and I—I I mean, it was amazing. I highlight one, probably highlight of one of the highlights of my life so far. Um, yeah. But one thing being there was we were kind of in an English bubble to an extent, um, and for me, I don't know, just being there and experiencing the culture and and just the people, I I just developed from there. The, a desire to learn French and I think being an island breeze um, really just accelerated that um, and yeah at this point I've been learning probably seriously learning for the last like two years now and yeah my, my goal with that is, is just to be able to interface with that culture with those yeah. people and yeah. I just love that part of the world I love yeah. Switzerland especially and I can't wait to go back Brava. I mean, when I was in Madagascar a couple of years ago, I just realized just the other part of the world that we don't really know mm. anything about just because of the language that we mm. don't speak. And I mean, fr- French is one of the other big languages in the world. So mm-hmm. it touches mm-hmm. on so many nations around the world. And I realized just there's such a big gap of, of what's happening in the world that I don't understand just because I don't mm. speak French. And and knowing French also is also the UN's like other main language. So it, it is mm. such a yeah. 
Biblically, I think it's that. If I didn't get kicked out after two weeks in French <laughs> class, guys, I would be like speaking French. It would be amazing. But <clears throat> and the Lord had other plans. I went to Spanish. <laughs> Jake, I would love for you to play us a song before we go. But I think while you get your guitar ready, maybe Caleb, can you share a little bit just what you feel like is the biggest takeaway yeah. for today? I honestly see obedience um, from David to Jill to Jill, to, to Jake, um, the obedience on David's part where he found himself at a point in his life when he's like, there must be more to life. And because of his dedication and his obedience, um, his family was set up in, in the right direction. And because of that, Jake and his three younger brothers have been able to follow the Lord. And I want to say to those listeners, um, when you are obedient to the call on your life, it's, uh, it is such a whirlwind of a journey. And I think as we've heard in these stories, um, it's also a continual journey to have a teachable heart. And people like Jake, I can, I can attest to this. I have known Jake well. Uh, he has sh- um, shared his heart vulnerably on stages to thousands of people to a room of five people. And that being said... Um, it's because he has a teachable heart. And so I would just leave this with you guys. Be encouraged to have a teachable heart in whatever circumstances you're going through um, because there's always stuff out there, um, newer things that we can be learning. But David and, and, and Jake, hearing you guys' stories, so encouraging, so inspiring. Um, and your family dynasty, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So, But Jake... You're, you're a talented musician. Come on. Give us give us a, a taste of heaven. <laughs> All right. This is a Hawaiian song I learned during Island Breeze, my time there. Um, most of you would know it, just not in this language. It's um, the doxology. Um, so the lyrics are praise God from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here below praise him above ye heavenly hosts praise Father, Son and Holy Ghost
awesome. Thank you, Beautiful. Jake. Nice. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you so much to David and Jake for joining us today. Um, we really, I really love the Caribbean region. I mean, I have a soft spot for islands in any case. <laughs> and like you guys <laughs> <No>. said, uh, <laughs> Uh, apart from the beaches, the people was was my highlight. It still is my highlight. I still have close um, uh, relationships with people from that region, and it continues, and I love that. Yeah, and I think the big thing is we don't always have a choice on where we are born, where we were born, and the circumstances. But I think one thing is for sure, and that is God has a redemptive purpose for our lives and for our region and for our people. And we just have to walk in honor of walk that out, seeking out to know how to do that. Hey, thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about your own cultural identity, check out the links to our free resources to download in the notes of this episode.